This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back once again to Video Games Cover to Cover. This is episode 78, which is chapter 23, I think? You know, last week I looked it up and I was really confident, and now I've forgotten again. I don't know what to tell you, because I didn't look it up. Of course not. Well, considering you're the one that says it every week, I don't know why I would look it up. Well, I'm going to say 23, and when I'm wrong... Then everyone can laugh at me this time. I'm leaving that this opening time for you. Well, yeah, I mean they've got to have an opening at some point. I, I don't think anybody's 22. ever laughed at me. I was close, but it's 22. Okay. Last episode, we finished Act Two and defeated Mortigan and saved the world, and everything's great. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say everything's great. I mean, Veronica's dead. I mean, relatively speaking, the. The world is saved, which feels like kind of a big deal. Cobblestone's destroyed. Gemma is still under the impression that, like, I guess I'm just going to come home and marry her because... I'm not sure that part really has anything to do with you saving the world, though. I feel like she would think that regardless. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever once given her the indication that I was interested. Well, as I understand it, that's one of the things that they changed because in the definitive edition or in the non-definitive edition, I'm pretty sure that was the only ending. Eventually, you wind up with her when you finish Act Three. I, f- I feel like I should be given a choice. Well, we can't. You can't even really call it Act Three because it's post-game. Uh, whatever you want to call it, yes. Like we're on our way to the true ending, which happened after the credits rolled, and it's all yeah, post-game content. But. Well, I'm not sure why you keep calling this the true ending. That's what it is referred to when I look it up. I don't know what it is, but like everything is like, yeah, this is act three. You get to the true ending by doing this. I'm like, okay, that's what every, that's what things say it is. So the bonus ending, I don't know what you want to call it, but well, so I guess let's just hit the ground running. Then we, I I, technically, I guess you consider both endings a true ending. It's just whether or not you're okay with how things ended. You immediately after the post game, and we had kind of talked about how we went around to each individual site and kind of talked to everybody and each individual person kind of had their, had their little thing. Well, you, you get to do that again because apparently that wasn't enough. And now you need to go physically like see them at each location. Just in case you missed in the ending credits what happened to them, well, yeah, you in the don't have credits, to experience this yourself. In the ending credits, it just gives you little flashes of them like stopping at different places, whereas here there's actual like dialogue and stuff. Yeah, I gotta be honest, uh, I was perfectly fine with just the flashes. I mean, no offense to any of the characters, but I didn't really need all that extra stuff. Silvando, we get there, and his dad... I was about to say, that one at least I feel like we needed, because we talked about that. Except you got what you wanted, and I didn't get what I wanted. No, but then you turned around and said that what I wanted would have been even better. So that should have been what you wanted, too, then. No, no, no. I didn't say even better. I said it would be just as acceptable. Okay. 
I just still liked my way. version better. So then you were lying when you said it was just as acceptable because yours is more acceptable to you. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's what I want. There you go. That's how so, wants work, Andrew. I'm not sure what the confusion is there. I mean, generally, when you say one thing is just as good as another, that implies you don't really have a preference and you're okay with either and not that you want to, you want one of them more. Just saying. You're not allowed to prefer something, but then say something else is okay if it happens? Uh, just as good is different from it being okay, though, is what I'm saying. You, you got to be precise. Okay, English police. Oh, man. Oh, I'm just saying. What a, f- a social faux pas I've made. I'm just saying. At any rate, yes. So we go back and visit Silvando dad again so on does dad and he is like chris was saying doing what i thought would be very entertaining and getting really into the whole dancing routine well and he specifically says that he wants to show silvando that he has a dance routine as well or something and he's just, just as, as good just as good yeah so you, you get a whole talk of him practicing and then eventually he goes outside and does practicing and you know it's it, it was amusing, but yeah, it was basically exactly what we had kind of talked about. Let's see what else was there. There was, if you go back to the Viking place, you get a little conversation with Eric where he talks about the things that have happened since he joined up and how grateful he was for saving his sister and all that. I, I, I feel like I must have missed something because I don't remember that conversation. I remember us showing up and him talking to Mia and then, then them talking about how neither of them has learned their lesson and he's going to go with her on a treasure hunt. I mean, yes, there was also that, but the, you're right. I left out that part, but he did specifically still to say that, you know, hey, thanks for the help. And when I get done with this guy, I'm going to go with you and stuff. Yeah. When I'm done with the luminary, like when he's like, when he doesn't need me anymore because he's so needy, then we can go out and we can do our you know, happy, fun time, lewd, lewd extravaganza. And at one point, he even, like, his sister's kind of sulking about everything that she did to the town. And then he's like, oh, look, it's a gold coin on the floor. And she about has a heart attack, like, looking for this thing. And I'm like, you have not learned your lesson. Like, what is even the point of you having that lesson if you're not even going to learn it? I'm sensing an awful lot of uh, bitterness towards these characters from you. I have an awful lot of bitterness towards the entirety of Act 2. I know you do. I, you've made that very clear. Yes, yeah, so I don't understand you, why you would bring it up. Well, of it was course more, there's bitterness. I hate Act 2. It sucks. Nobody learns any sort of lesson except for Silvando's dad, who learns, hey, my son is pretty sweet and can do whatever he wants. Everyone else's lesson is, oh, your sister's dead and you got to get over it in a day. Oh, you've killed an entire, t- you turned an entire town into gold and you didn't learn your lesson at all about not being greedy. And then, I don't know, there was so, oh, we get there and Rab is basically in like a massive depression because he's going back to his dead daughter's grave every single day, bringing like a thousand Reeves. So it's like, I'm not seeing any sort of upside here. Oh, but you do get to go. You do get to reunite Jade with her terrible king father. I guess that's what I mean, though. It's just like 
I know you didn't like Act Two, but it's like you, you, you're coming. You sound like you like have something against the characters themselves at this point, which I just find very fascinating. It's I'm not. Sh- I, I have something against the writing of the characters. At any rate, yes. So we have those four little scenes that they're all relatively quick. They just kind of expand on things a little bit. But more importantly, we have uh, a more formal funeral for Veronica in Arborea that everybody goes back and you know, says their goodbyes or whatever. But at some point, there's uh, Eric, I believe, makes a mention that there's some ruins south of Octagonia that we should maybe go check out because something's interesting there. So that's obviously the next place we actually have to go, which when you go there, they tell you, you get a story from Rab telling about there's this tower of some sort that can basically could potentially even bring people back from the dead or whatever. And so everybody's immediately, oh, well, we could bring Veronica back. No, 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 not immediately. Everyone stands there befuddled for like 30 seconds when Jade goes, we lost someone we love. The camera pans to every single person and they're like confused and then it gets to Serena, and she's like, oh, Veronica. It's a, yeah, no crap, Veronica. You know, your dead sister that we just had a funeral for? That one? So now this is our new uh, plan, though, is we're going to go try to bring Veronica back. We have to get this wheel first, which, spoiler alert, it's like 10 feet away. Uh, so we go and we get yeah the wheel that's literally like right there. And then this is the key to the tower, which the tower is, well, hey, wasn't there a tower that we basically could never get into that, uh, you know, just was out there? Uh, I mean, thanks for pointing that out, I suppose, because yes, there is. Yeah, there's this weird tower that I feel like I should have mentioned before. Hey, Eric, boy, you sure are, you are winning the award for most annoying character right now, buddy. You don't learn your lessons, and then you're like, hey, it's a convenient plot device for me to suddenly remember this tower. I mean, it's not like the tower wasn't there. We just had no reason to go. I understand so just that. Reminding you that because if you never went there, you may not have realized. I, had you ever gone there before? Because you couldn't even get there without the Celestia. Yeah, I la- but I landed in all those places just to loot for treasure chests and stuff. I had no idea it was there. Right, but that's what I mean. That's why he mentions it, because otherwise people would be like, I don't know what you're talking about, because you never had to go there. I understand why he mentioned it. It just seems odd to come from him. I don't know, man. I'm just being nitpicky at this point, because I seriously hate Act 2. I, I can tell, yes. You're very particular I hate about it. everything today. I absolutely hate it. I know, but we're done it. with Act 2. Because I hate every single moment, every second of Act 2, I despise. So we get to this tower... And there's these toggle things everywhere. Uh, yeah, like way more than we've seen in the entire rest of the game put together. It's just like swarming this tower and like literally like walking up the side of it and stuff. Absolutely everywhere. Which, and it's like, oh boy, what is going on here? Yeah, like I'll be like, that, that was really pretty creepy. I'm going to be honest. Like, because I mean, even though we've, at least I've interacted with them a little bit through the extra switch content and stuff but like in general they've mostly been nothing and now they're everywhere and i'm like this is 
kind of creepy, honestly. Yeah, it certainly is. It's it's very, very creepy. And then they're like walking up the side of this building. When you visited this building before, were they all there then? No. Okay, that's just, even weirder. Yeah, it, it was just like, oh, you can open the treasure chests that are outside. And that was, okay, great, thanks. So you open it up and it's like a giant clockwork inside, basically. Uh, you ride up little elevators, platforms between these like platforms of gears and work your way up. And there's no monsters or anything. You just run around and climb. And then you meet the Guardian of Time. What was it? Was that its name? I don't remember exactly, but talk about cr- super creepy. It's like a giant version of those tacos, but like really, really tall and like stretched out kind of. And easily the creepiest thing we've run into. Like, uh, I don't care. I-, I was way more creeped out by this than like the evil mannequins and stuff that we fought. Something about this creature was incredibly unsettling to me. But it tells you that, yes, we have this orb of time basically and if you shatter it which only the luminary can do only the luminary has power enough to do that using the sword of light you can go back in time but since you're sharing this orb it's a one-way trip you won't be able to come back and you're only going to be able to do it once and only the luminary can go which is a very important detail so you have a bit where you talk to the whole party and they're all i don't know if you should do this but i also would really like veronica back and well the entire party basically forces you to not do it and it it gives you the only decision you've ever gotten in in this entire game you can either say yes as the luminary and ignore the party to say we don't want to lose you too because not only is this a one-way trip and only the luminary can go but basically the way it is explained is these tackles whatever they are they basically capture every single moment in history, every single thing everywhere, which is why there's these unseeable tackles everywhere that yes, nobody even like, notices. They're like the the like guardians of like the true history or whatever. Like they track everything. Then they kind of explain that even um, when you went to the taco village the first time, although we didn't really go into it. But like, but yeah, more or less, they're just the. Because that's what their whole side quest in the village is, is trying to write the timelines of the other games, basically. And, but yeah, that, that's essentially what they're, what they're supposed to be, are the recorders of, of history. And so then they record everything in this giant ball thing. I'm trying to think, because there is something that I did that was not... Was not what? Oh, did you go back to uh, Cobblestone? Yeah, because that's where you get the message with the king. We talked about that. Where you reunite Jade and the King. No, oh, not what I meant. Did you go back up to the tower? Wh- which tower are you talking about? The giant, the, the, the literally the first thing we did in this game. Oh, you mean the mountain? Sure. Because like, the tower implies some kind of structure, but I, I didn't do it before I went back in time, no. But did you do it at all? I did after, yes, because that's, I'm going around to all the cities again now that I've gone back in time, but... Well, before you go back in time, the water is drained. Yes. And you can get, what What do you mean, yes? You said you didn't go. How do you okay. know? It is when you go back in time, too. So that's where I found out. But you're, but you're right. I didn't know at the time. <laughs> the water is drained, and there are three graves down there. But oh. for me, and there was also a chest. So there are three graves, and then there is a chest down there. 
and the chest gave me a bunch of recipes i think i can't remember yeah, it, it, it it gave me a bunch did, of hero recipes i know recipes. what you're talking about yeah but there were three graves down there right in front of the chest were there not three graves when you went back in time i actually didn't pay attention but i'll go back and look when we're done recording uh now there wasn't a name or anything associated with those graves but i just thought that that was interesting because you know the three heroes and the three graves. I don't know if that had anything. Were there four to do heroes though? No, there's Serenica, Mordekant, and and but the, but there's a, a fighter Ig- guy and Igrisil. the hero too, Erdwin. And but the, I Erdwin. swear there was a fourth one. No, no. Okay, maybe I'm misremembering, but I I was I could have sworn that there there are four people. I've I had only ever seen three people. The the mage, the hero, and the wizard. Yeah, I thought there was a fighter guy too on top of the hero. Oh well. Regardless, that is interesting. I mean I actually you, wonder you, if you... it's like Chalky's grave or whatever. That that was the first thing I thought of when you mentioned that. Who's Chalky? Your grandpa. Oh wait, no, he was over by the river, wasn't he? Because you go talk to him. Yeah. In the flashbacks. Yeah, never mind. So yeah, that couldn't have been him. Yeah, I, I don't know who the graves are. And maybe you're maybe there is four. I I don't know. I don't even remember three from the pictures. I think they the watchers just recently talked about the the number of, of heroes, but I can't remember exactly which it was. The only ones that I remember them ever talking about were Erdwin, Serenica, and Mordekin, Mor- though. Mordekin, yeah, whatever Mordekin, whatever his name is. Yeah. Mordekin. I, I thought there was a fourth guy. But I could be misremembering too. But yes, I, I did know that the the water was drained, and I did go and get that chest just because because that's true. After the time warp, I actually wonder if we could have done that at any point, Nack. Too like if we had gone back there, would you know like right? Dude, I've been obsessed with that tower, and no, because okay. I've gone back there on many different occasions, hoping that there'd be some sort of a scene with the entire party going, "Oh, it's beautiful." And that never, ever happens, ever. Fair enough. And it's annoying because it's like, why would you not do anything? Like They're talking about how they made such a big deal at the beginning of the game about how only cobblestone citizens can ever see this. And it's so beautiful and it reminds us of the beauty of everything. I mean, maybe that's, (laughs) maybe there you go. It's like. No, everybody else is like, it's really not that impressive. They just thought it was cool, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Cobblestone's like, no one can see this but Cobblestone. I mean, I guess since your party has the ability to fly, it's like, oh, whatever. Who cares about some view? (laughs) I mean, that's true. You get like, they they have views that literally no one else could ever see. But like, it just seems odd to me that cobblestone makes such a big deal out of this and it's such a big deal at the beginning of the game for them to even mention it and then when you take the party back there like nobody even says anything it's like guys i understand that we've seen the end of the world at this point but but yeah so you get the choice and, and this is why i think either ending could be considered the true ending because essentially what you're saying here is you're okay that veronica is dead but evil has been slaughtered. Well, even more than that, like not just Veronica though, because I think it's Rab or I'm pretty sure it's Rab points out that this would be more than just Veronica. We could save everybody who died because of the, the disaster. If, if this goes right, assuming this goes right, right? Sure. I mean, that's definitely a risk, but like it, it is bigger than just Veronica. So basically the decision you're making is 
I'm okay with how things went, or I actually think things kind of sucked and I want to fix it, which kind of makes me wonder if whether or not you liked it, but maybe Act 2 being as grim as it was was on purpose to make you want to consider that choice. But again, this comes back to I really don't understand why it was put in the post-game, other than I guess because since it's post-game, somebody could say, okay, well, I feel like I've done enough and I'm fine now and I don't need to see this alternate option. Well, and that's what I was saying is... It, it sounds like this is just, okay, if you want to see how things would have worked out if... Otherwise, yeah. If you had known that Jasper was behind you the whole time. Yeah, and it, it is an interesting prospect to be able to, like, go. it feels kind of meta in a way because it's almost like, you know, we as the players being like, no, I want to get, like, the perfect ending where everything's happy and everybody's alive or whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just that you didn't have a... It's not something that you did wrong during the game because there was no option. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to put in the cheat code and go back and fix it or whatever. Like, you know, the, oh, it, like if there was a way to to save, you know, Aerith and Final Fantasy VII and not just being a thing. Yeah. It, it just kind of feels like maybe meta isn't the right word because it's not like it's like communicating directly to you as the player. But it feels like it was designed to sort of trigger that. No, I want it to be I want to get the best result I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah, like all those bad things that happened in Act 2 will just never have happened, which is interesting although then that comes into the other philosophical quandary of time travel that comes up anytime you talk about time travel where does everybody just not exist anymore? I mean, that's basically what the Time on? Watcher person said. Oh, and by the way, I was silent during that whole section when you were talking about how you thought this was the most creepy thing in this game because I literally had no idea how to respond to that because you are an insane person. If you think a, a just a giant version of a talkle is more creepy than a, one of those disgusting mannequins that can move I really, in like... I mean, the mannequins were weird, but like, I, I, I really did not have a reaction. It's an enemy, whatever. Something that I'm interacting with and like staring at for, you know, several minutes af affected me a little bit more. Like, I thought the painting lady was a lot creepier than the mannequins, too, to be perfectly honest. Okay, we'll get into a fight with the mannequins and just stare at them for like two minutes and see how you feel. And just like the way it talked, everything about it was kind of unsettling to me. But that's what it comes back to is, you know, everybody has different reactions as to what creeps them out or whatever yeah just like everybody has different preferences as to what what happens with Silvando's dad and, and all those dudes <laughs> it's almost as if uh that's the whole point of this podcast is to have differing opinions uh, okay <laughs> i'm not sure where you're going with this but okay oh no i'm just bringing up the hard time you gave me for just simply having an opinion at the beginning of this episode i was i was giving you a hard time for saying something different than you actually meant. Not that your opinion was different. Precision in language. When you say you have a preference, that means... Yes, it means you do have a preference, but when you say that would be just as good, that implies that you don't have a preference between two things. That's what I was saying. That each thing is equally fine. Uh, I guess I'll try and, and watch my words in the future. There you, there you go. I'm just saying, just... I'm also words. saying that's a super nitpick, and it's just absolute sure but you, you've done several nitpicks on this episode alone so about the game specifically uh and how terrible it is because act two i there there 
if this had actually been at the beginning, uh, like before, you know, if we had done this immediately after and this wasn't post game and it was like, hey, you have a chance to literally destroy everything, including let's say including your entire save file. If this goes wrong, like there's a percent chance that it just kills everything or you wipe out the entirety of act two. I would have done that in a heartbeat because act two just shouldn't have happened, period, because it sucks so hard. I hate it that much. And and I, I don't disagree that I, I thought act two was weaker, but it is interesting that you said that because I've seen a lot of splits online between people who are like act three was really bad. They should have left act two. Act two was the best part. And then all the stuff with act three. What? Invalidating. So, uh, no, so it's just interesting that like the people seem fairly split on. I guess, which route they prefer. Are any of these people willing to come on the podcast and explain why they like Act 2 so much? Act 2 is a pile of literal garbage. I would love to hear why somebody thinks Act 2 is actually good. I mean, I, like, de- I, definitely, don't, I definitely don't dislike it to the level that you do, but I agree that I thought it was significantly weaker than Act 1, and at least based on what I've done in Act 3 so far, I like Act 3 better, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I think significantly weaker is an understatement. I, I That's very clear, because as far as you're concerned, Act 2 like retroactively invalidated your enjoyment of previous parts of the game. It did. I know, that's what I'm saying. So, like... Your you, you you your dislike of it is very strong and very clear. I I wasn't a huge fan, although I, I'm just saying I definitely didn't dislike it as much as you did. But th- so this is why I thought, and we had talked about it before, why I thought you were going to enjoy Act Three because it's basically saying, yeah, Act Two sucked. Let's just forget about that. We're gonna go fix it. Yeah, it's almost as if the game developers even knew that. They're like, oh, by the way, um, we're just going to go ahead and code in like, oh, you hated the ending of Mass Effect. Let's just be like, let's I'm only using that because like the Internet universally hated that. I don't even know what the ending is. And I legitimately don't care because I'm never going to play Mass Effect ever. But to me, that is like the equivalent. Like, yeah, I absolutely hated it. Let's just go ahead and put another alternate ending in there that maybe isn't garbage. But so then I guess for the people there who are saying that they like Act 2 best, then you can just not do this part. And you get so like you were saying, it is like multiple endings at that point. Yeah. And that's like you you legitimately get a choice if you want to experience. Hey, Act 2 was was a dumpster fire and you want to experience something different here. Give it another shot. Because the thing is, the one thing that's really upset me and really frustrated me about this entire game is at no point am I given a choice on anything. Like, no, duh, they're going to be there. Like, I, at the tree. Like, duh. I, I guess I'm just... Anyone could have seen that coming. I'm surprised that you say that just because we didn't get any choice on anything to do in like the final fantasy seven remake either, or like 10 to the stuff we had to do other than, and I like, super hated that but through you never the entirety brought, you of never it. never brought that up in either of those. It's only been a problem for this one. As what far are as you as talking as about? I brought up the fact that we won on every single one of those occasions, but we didn't get a choice at nauseum. I sat there and complained but about it for entire episodes we win, over and over we and win over a fight, again. But it still goes on like we lose isn't the same complaint as we don't get a choice in what happens, because that's what happens in most games. 
we didn't are are you are we seriously back to you're gonna nitpick like my choice no, of I'm words? Just saying, like I just it's just curious because like pretty much every JRPG is like that. You don't really get to choose what you do. Only like what that's one of the big distinctive factors between like a JRPG and a Western RPG. Because JRPGs are very here, follow the story we wrote, and Western RPGs are very here. Have here's this sandbox where like just to go explore in it. And I just I am very clear about not liking the story. Yeah, that, that, that was just like I guess I, I guess all I'm saying is I'm a little surprised at the issue because that's just something that almost every game we've played has been like that, and that's just the way that these games are designed. And I've been annoyed about that every single time. Considering most game, a lot of games these days give you a choice in what you want to do, and your choice actually impacts things. So I actually kind of fall on the other side, and the main reason I do that is because in most games, with, with certain exceptions, like uh, that's part of why I was really impressed with like um, Disco Elysium, for example, because it felt like things actually like choices did actually kind of make a difference because you had so many different routes to do things, but. Choices very rarely do matter beyond a very small thing, and admittedly, I thought Witcher was fairly impressive on that front too. But that's very much the exception. That I, I almost would rather the games not pretend because choices tend to be so small anyway that I would rather it just not even pretend and just oh, this is what we're going to do now because it's what you were going to do anyway. So it's just in interesting, I guess, difference in philosophy and viewpoint. Then don't put. A yes or no option for every single dialogue choice. Andrew, I am fine if somebody says, this is the story and this is how it is. But you know what's truly annoying? Is literally showing you that you don't have a choice. Literally beating you over the face with, by the way, it doesn't matter what you choose here because it's always going to be yes. I don't know. Just don't put it in there. Oh, we wanted to show you huh, how they might have reacted, but yes is the answer anyway. Here's the thing. I don't care about that. If you're not going to give me a choice, then just don't give me a choice, period. That is why it's upsetting, Andrew. The entirety of this game... You're given a choice for every single thing you do. Hey, are you ready to touch the tree? Yes or no? Hey, Silvando, do you want... I'm going to come with you whether you like it or not. Yes or no? Hey, look, Rab wants to join the party. Yes or no? Do we want to let a murderer go free? Yes or no? Don't give me the choice if I don't actually have one. It's the same reason why I absolutely could not stand Fable. Because a Fable, I absolutely loved those games, but that aspect of it was absolute garbage. Because they talked about how, oh, this is the first game where you truly have a choice, and you just don't. Because it follows a linear path no matter what you do, good or evil. You actually don't have a choice. But they present it as if you do. And that truly annoys me. Whereas in, in this game, you actually get a choice to be like, for once, hey, you didn't like Act 2? Well, here, do it again this other way. You might like that more. Or, hey, you did like Act 2? 
just leave it at that and don't even worry about Act 3. The problem is that most people who went through the game liking Act 1 and then liking Act 2 got to Act 3 and was like, oh, this is garbage. Why would you do any of this? The people who, like, basically, because they're like, oh, well, I definitely want to experience more of the game because they liked Act 1 and 2. Whereas me, who didn't like Act 2, is like, I don't even know if I want to give them another shot. A choice here, to me, almost invalidates everything. It's the illusion of having a choice when you don't really have one that annoys me. And that's why I'm so annoyed and so upset about it, because just don't put it there. Just don't. Just like I said with Final Fantasy. If you're going to lose anyway, just don't have me look like I'm winning and then suddenly fate chooses everything. I harped on that for every single episode. And if you somehow miss that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I guess I don't see that the, the, those two things being the same th thing exactly, but if you do, then fair enough. Because like to me, that's not quite the same issue at play, so... I because like the the fate thing obviously super because you're used too, to it with Dragon Quest you like Dragon, Dragon Quest it's not even just Dragon Quest that's just like they're they're explain to me another JRPG that I've played that it every I don't single know what JRPGs iteration you've, you've played I so guess just name difficult. one that every single story point you have an option to say yes or no I don't know about every single story point but I know for a fact Skies of Arcadia did that sometimes. It's been years since I played Skies of Arcadia. Where you you have two choices, and if you pick the wrong one, everybody just goes, no, nah, that's not right, haha, <laughs> and then you just pick, and then it automatically does the right one. Yeah, and that would super annoy me to this day. I don't so. like the illusion of a choice when you don't actually have one. Just don't give me a choice. It's that simple. If you want to tell the story you want to tell, that's fine. I don't care, but don't sit there and pompously ask for my choice when it doesn't matter. And I saw other people online that were like, I literally just went through this entire game saying no to everything just because like, I thought it was funny, even though it doesn't even matter. Okay. At any rate, once we've made our choice, in this case, we both eventually did yes, whether I don't know, I, I assume other than you trying it out, I don't think you really had a problem with picking yes other in this case, did you? No. Exactly. I didn't I was gonna say I have a feeling you were on board with this plan. I had and no issue saying yes to this. If there if there was a way I could have said yes to this before Act Two, I I would have. Would you though? Because you wouldn't even have known you weren't going to like it beforehand. I don't know, Andrew. I guess we're just gonna have to leave that up to the time travel mysteries. There you go. The sands of the sands of fate. Mm -hmm. But so one of the things that I did find interesting about this is when you go and say yes and you go and break this orb uh, as the the time guardian or whatever explains, you know, since you're the only one going back, everybody, nobody else is going to have their experience and stuff. So at some point when we were going into act one or like the end of act one, it made like a quiet save of what our character stats were because everybody other than the luminary reverts back to exactly what they were in act one, which I thought was interesting because I think it's the only time I've seen a game try to do something like this and actually do that rather than you getting everything in when you go back because it's the, you know, I, I thought that was kind of a bold choice 
even though it winds up being fairly temporary. I've seen other games that have made not I, I, not in the same way, but I've seen other games that have been quietly making saves and stuff the entire time without really telling you, well, well, and then bringing it up later. I swear I've seen that before. I, 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 I'm sure. I'm sure it's not completely new. Like I, I, but typically when I think of games that try to do like this sort of going back a time thing, it's usually either something like, um, like like a mechanic for like a roguelike or something where you know everything resets. And everything goes back to exactly like it was in the beginning, or nothing changes, and you just go back way. Everybody goes back way stronger, so you can win this time or whatever. But the particular combination of okay, the luminary gets everything, but everybody else reverts because he's the only one going. Back. I, I, it stood out to me as kind of interesting. I'm sure I, I in no way think it is unique because, like, like we've established. Dragon Quest really leans on well-established tropes, so I would be shocked if they were the first ones to come up with this. I you know, like, I'm sh- positive you're correct that there have been plenty of other times this has been done. I just don't know that I've experienced them. Well, Harry Potter, every single time Hermione uses the time turner. Okay, I, I guess I should say in video games. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, like- I, I'm pretty sure other video games have done something similar, but I know that this is definitely not the first time something, an idea like this, and it makes. The thing is, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it does. It works really well for what it is. Like, but I thought uh, part of why I thought it was kind of a bold choice is because until, you know, like at, at first it makes it sound like, oh, yeah, those like 30 some levels everybody has gained are just gone. It's like, sorry, Luminary, you're just guess you're going to have to relevel everybody. Like, I thought that was a surprisingly um, bold thing to commit to in a game that you've already spent like 80 some hours in. Bro, they've been doing this to you the entire time. Eric joined your party with nothing. With zero. He joined your party as a useless husk. That's the only time, though. And it wasn't like he lost levels. He lost his skill points. But, I mean, you're right. They did do it there before. But it, but that's the, that's the only time I can think of. Uh, I mean, yeah, they took party members away. But nobody lost experience points before this. And that was the part where I was like, Especially given how slow leveling in Dragon Quest kind of is. That's a lot of commitment I just lost. Although, admittedly, in Act 3, it's very, very quick. I mean, I, I don't understand what you're talking about from a very... <laughs> okay, for people who didn't go and, like, grind on Metal Slime Island, I suppose it takes a little while. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It really doesn't take as long to level as you seem to imply that it does. <laughs> um, I, I had no problems leveling at all. But at any rate, we go back. We do get to keep all of our items, though, which is nice. So when you regroup with the party, you you wake up like in our in the front of our board, like the morning of the day that you're going to head up to the, the tree. Yeah, except for me, who decided to go all the way back to Gondolia and do all of this again because I didn't buy the cat suit when I was in Gondolia because I wasn't. I had no idea that we were even going to be able to save Veronica's life. So I went and did every all of that again because I apparently didn't save at any point, which was dumb. But I did all of it over again and then got the cat suit. So that way, as soon as I got Veronica back, I could immediately cat suit her up. And she's been in a cat suit ever since, and it's been amazing. Uh, it's been truly wonderful, and I'm very upset that I didn't have this through the entirety of Act Two. You know, and the maybe, sad thing is, 
Or wait, not Act Two, because she was dead for all of Act Two. Or all Act most of Act One. Yeah. The the sad thing is, I still forgot to get the cat suit, so I'm gonna have to do that literally as soon as I get off, because I was getting pretty close to Gondolia when we stopped to record. So I'm going to do that and go get that cat suit. Yeah, I went back and did everything again so I could have the cat suit for all of her dialogue. And I gotta be honest, it's amazing. Except I gotta be honest. And the complaining's not over yet, because when you get there, Veronica is praying to Serenica, asking her for advice and to make sure that they make it safely out of this. And you just kind of walk in and you have that giant, ugly looking sword on your back. And Veronica's like, yo, what are you doing just listening in on me with that humongous, ugly thing on your back. Like, what are you doing? Get out of here. And then she starts just berating you, which she didn't have a cat suit yet because she didn't join the party. And she's like, you just screwed off last night out of nowhere and literally nobody could find you. You just disappeared. Well, Veronica, you don't you think that's a little strange and magic? And Why doesn't he tell them what happened? We live in a world of magic and the things that the luminary has done up to this point. If the luminary said, by the way, Jasper has been following us the entire time and the king has been possessed by Mordigan or, or Mordigan, I feel like everyone would have just been like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. 100%. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, Everything that's happened, of course, and you're the luminary. None of us understand why wouldn't we just believe you? You're the legendary luminary of like ultimate superhero ness. <laughs> why would you be lying to us about this? But no, he doesn't, and everything just plays out exactly as is until Jasper shows up and blasts you with a ball. And I'm like, Everyone is like, oh, what happened to you? Where were you? And the Luminary doesn't bother to tell them any of this. And then when Jasper shows up and everyone's like, oh, it's Jasper. The Luminary is standing there and he's like, oh, yeah, I totally knew it. And nobody questions it. Then the king shows up, <laughs> murders Jasper in front of everybody. When Jasper's like reaching out to him and being like, master, he tries to take the sword in that creepy black uh, uh, tackle. fiery tackle thing like hits his hand or something and he's like oh I, that's weird I can't touch it why does the luminary go hey guys he's evil do you want to I also want to point out that this sword of light that you get is the super sword of light it's so, like, so good oh my god so like your sword of light sucks yeah, the, the one, one you that made. your whole party made, <laughs> that your party made such a big deal of like hitting with a hammer and the, everyone gets these nice things to say. It's like garbage. Comparatively, and, and yes. And the one that Erdwin had was like literally the most powerful sword from, Le it's like the greatest thing that's ever existed. Oh my God. It's so good. You can't even um, enhance it in the forge because I tried. <laughs> I did. Too. I immediately tried to enhance and it's it, like, and I couldn't. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> like, you probably don't want to do this, idiot. You're terrible. <laughs> get out of here. Now, I've noticed, because I've started to get some other really good weapons, that there seems to be, like, 
one for each character or like one of each weapon type that's like that where it won't let you refine it. But you can actually turn those weapons into better stuff, like straight up a new weapon. Yeah, I'm really curious if there's going to be like an even super sort of light. That's there's a super awesome thing that that, a whip that I think Silvando gets. I mean, I guess technically Veronica can hold it too, but it's like one weapon of each type, and then you can give it to whoever can use those. Well, well, this thing, the whip itself, literally just hits every enemy on screen. Like no skill, no nothing. Like that's just its base attack is to hit everything amazing yeah it's super sweet and i can't wait to get that because i my base party even now playing this again is uh eric silvando the luminary and jade those are the three those are the four people that i always have because silvando's giggity dance (laughs) is like so good that there's no point to use any healer at all. And if somebody is so low that it's like a problem, I just have the luminary do it. But the other thing Uh, is the first fight we get into the luminary blast this gigantic sword down from the heavens. And nobody is like, Hey buddy. Um, where'd that come from? I, I did really like, though, the dialogue that Jasper has where he's like, wait, what happened? And then, like, you get into the fight and he's still like, um, are you going to break the shield? Because, like, you're not supposed to be able to do that. I got promised you wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, man, what's going on here? Quadra slash shield broken. Everyone starts annihilating. And he's like, uh, duh, what's happening? <laughs> this That's is not, not how this is supposed for. to go down. I was promised I would be invincible. I was the chosen one. (laughs) And it's really fun. I have to admit, like even the climb up Yggdrasil to get back to this part was incredibly satisfying with the luminary, just like one hitting literally everything. And everybody else is just like, Oh, I guess, I guess he's got this. And the entire time my luminaries level is sitting at 69 and it makes me so happy. (laughs) That's, that's still higher than mine is now, and I've even I'm significantly past this part in Act Three. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's I know. it's not hard to love. It just I know. Isn't. I'm, I mean, granted, I'm 65. I'm not that much farther behind you, but uh, according to you, levels make such a huge difference that I'm like leagues beyond you right now. I mean, probably in pure power, yes, but like just from a pure raw number of level, you're only four ahead of me. But yes, four levels probably makes a really big difference, as far as I can tell from the way the math works. Yeah, I was doing like 400 damage to Mortigan when he showed up. But 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 so all of this goes down and you suddenly are like the the hero. Overnight, you've been blasted on your butt through this entire game and Whoa. everyone is just like, "Oh, well he just sucks." Suddenly, you're like god tier when you show <laughs> up and no one is, even brings it up. Well, that's not true. There's a couple moments where people are like, you seem, you seem different. Like, uh, I think, I don't remember who it is, but somebody's like, it seems like you're really starting to take it seriously now. Like, they're almost kind of acknowledging that you were kind of a screw up before now. I don't remember who says it, but I swear somebody does. Uh, I, I must have missed that. I don't know. Was that in a fight or something? No, it was like it, I, when you first meet up with the group again, but I, that's like the only time anybody comments on it. It's not like they say a ton, but so, I swear somebody, it might have been, 
it might have been like Veronica even because she seems like the kind of person who would say that where she's like, oh, it seems like you're actually taking things seriously now. Like you understand what's happening. Thanks. <laughs> like, bro, I've understood this whole time. I just sucked before. <laughs> like, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, I've been I've been it the whole time. You know, it's not my fault that the videos keep showing that as false. <laughs> I've been I, a super I, high level this entire time. I've been taking it seriously. I've just had really bad luck. And so so then you you get through all this and the king's like, well, why don't you come back to my house? I'm like, are you? Are, no. Yeah, I kept just waiting for no for that to be like, no, but it doesn't even ask you if you want to. You just do. You don't even get a choice. It just happens. So, which, you know, that is, I guess, good from what we were talking about earlier, because they don't give you the false choice or whatever. Yeah, it just happens. And, and, And so it just, I'm just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? They really are just like, if I was the luminary in this case, which I supposedly am, I would have immediately told them, oh, by the way, I was gone because none of this works out. Everybody dies. Veronica dies. Everything is super bad. I came back in time to fix it because I'm the luminary. And then it's like, here, give me the flute, Veronica. Let me summon the whale and I'll take you to the time clock where you can see the thing is destroyed. And then that person can be like, oh, yeah, he went back in time because I'm the time watcher and I just I know. Oh, cool. So what you're saying is the king is definitely a super bad guy. Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Let's go deal with this. But no, you get there. He throws this massive party for you. Which multiple people there, guards and staff and stuff are all like, this seems really weird. The king doesn't really do this. I don't understand what's going on. And then you, it gets to nighttime. Oh, hey, Luminary, you should, you should, oh man, you're pretty tired. You should go to bed, man. You know, a lot has happened today. You have the cool sword now. You should totally just use, go, go to, go to bed, go to, go to bed. So yeah, you go to bed and shocking literally no one. The king tries to sneak into the room at night and once again gets stopped by tentacles of the black taco monster and like what what is going on with this thing like what is happening why is this thing helping you and it looks it looks like evil yeah like i mean before it just looked like a regular taco that was just a different color but like it now it's got like chitulu tentacles and stuff like it's getting substantially like the tentacles are just like coming out of nowhere and like way super long and smacking the king away and stuff and it's like what which honestly does not seem like it super bodes well for the tackles in general like what is going on here is this thing associated with the tackles like i i truly do not know and it, it's kind of like I'm sitting back thinking, like, what is going on? This thing looks exactly like a tackle. Like, what is happening? And nobody else can see it, so it behaves just like a tackle. Yeah, except, but both times that it showed up, I mean, the first time it showed up, it was trying to crash that giant moon down, which was 
extremely ominous. And then now, I mean, it seems to be working out in your favor because it's stopping the king from getting the sword, like what happened before, but uh, it's still incredibly weird and creepy. Anyway, so the luminary wakes up when this happens and everybody winds up rushing in. And now the whole, hey, the king is possessed by evil finally happens, which, like you were saying, should have probably happened a little earlier, if we're being honest. Just just, just a little bit. Yeah, he's got these evil red eyes and everyone's like, oh, he's a bad guy. You didn't at all like think any of this before because the king suddenly does like a 180 oh jasper was telling me the whole time that he was bad you're the king you (laughs) you literally tested the previous king and said oh well you must be the dark one or whatever wouldn't hendrick have known about that being his right hand man mate i Maybe, but like I do suppose that that probably wouldn't, because since I only the kings were in there, I can certainly believe that Hendrik n- didn't get told about this, especially because at that point he wouldn't have been his right hand man yet. Yeah, because he was more or less a kid, a, a kid at the time. I didn't think about that, but I'm just saying, like, bro, you are the king. Suddenly, overnight, well, and multiple people also comment like when the king kills Jasper, they're like. I really wish you hadn't done that because I wanted to ask Jasper some questions. We need to know what's going on here. Yeah, they're like, even Hendrik is behind him like, oh. Are are you sure that was necessary, sir? How could you do that? He's like, I really don't think it was. He was talking too much. (laughs) He was saying a little too much, Hendrik. Shut up here, boy. (laughs) Like, what is going on? Like, then when the king just shows up with these evil red eyes and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill you, Luminary. They're like, oh, this is, oh, duh, this is bad. <laughs> Everything and, makes sense now. And and I think it's funny because Rab is like, I knew there was something strange. It's like, no, you didn't. And no, that's not true because both Rab and Jade, if you talk to them during the party, comment that something feels, wor- feels wrong. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So- I will give them credit that they do both specifically be like, this doesn't feel right. I'm sitting there like, dude, you jerk. No, like you did not like, shut up, man. You don't <laughs> just shut don't up. No, but no, he, he did in his defense. Rab did specifically. Like if you talk to him after, like after the food, when you're wandering around before you go to sleep, he's like, that was nice of him, but this doesn't, something feels weird about this. <laughs> That's this seems awfully weird. And he comes in there, he's like, I knew it! <laughs> you knew he was Mortigan. You knew it. I mean, maybe not to that level, but he did it, He did at least be like, something feels weird. Well, then you get into the throne room, because the king is like, oh, I gotta go! <laughs> the things aren't good! He has the mega super ultimate sword that, like, it was, the other one sucked because he made it. This was part of my my plan really hinged on getting this sword, and I'm kind of not doing that. So, uh. like, yeah, like everything was kind of like I needed this sword. And then he shows up and he's like, you you, you beat him in a fight. And he's like, so, so easy. I mean, See, this I dude. Think so? I actually thought this was the hardest of any of the times we ran into him. What? Did he, did he do the thing for you where he makes healing reverse? Yeah. Yeah, that that ruined like the the luminary died because he had an auto heal 
from the stuff I had, and so he killed himself. If it wasn't for that, he would have been super easy. But yeah, no, he just straight up died, and you couldn't revive him during that because it's like, oh yeah, the the zing kills him. Great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I had zero problems. He did that, and I was like, oh cool. Okay, well everybody just attack. Oh, he's dead. Uh, sweet, thanks. Yeah, I I had made the unfortunate mistake of casting some region spells and stuff beforehand, and so as soon as that happened, everybody was dying really quickly. I'm like, oh no, oh no. When are you going to learn to just not do status stuff? It's literally the only time. I actually think status stuff could be really helpful in this game. That's literally the only time that healing has become bad. I'm just saying, man, it seems like you save Pep and that bites you. You heal your people and that bites you. I bring out, like, I don't use a healer, so I don't run into these problems. I have Silvando and Hustle Dance. I use Hustle Dance and it hurt everybody. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Well, let me just destroy him anyway. I don't have to use regen. I don't have to use any of these things. I just destroy. So what you're saying is I'm trying to be too fancy with my tactics and I should just smash. At this point in the game? uh, Pretty much, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I still beat him, but I will say he gave me more trouble than any of the other times specifically because of that. Yeah, I, I honestly had no... Because, like, the Luminary has had, a, I think it's an accessory on for most of the game that gives him health regen every single turn. <laughs> oh, yeah, spell or see, anything. I, I don't have any of that. I have something on somebody that... I have something on Rab that gives him mana, but other than that, I don't... I don't care about my gear. When it goes in and it's like, hey, do you just want to auto-select everything? I just hit auto on everybody... And they get what they get, and I go from there. I mean, I, I hit auto for gear and armor, with the exception of sometimes it tries to equip them with the weapon I don't want them, like a weapon type that I don't want, and I'll fix that. But otherwise, yeah, I do auto, but accessories I actually pick, just because accessories tend to have beneficial effects that I like to choose. Yeah, I don't I don't pay attention to any of that. Uh, I, I, I did it a while ago, and I've just stuck... Like, I'm pretty, I like, the Luminary might still be using Gemma's charm. <laughs> it does, like, nothing. It gives you, like, one, plus one to defense, I think. I mean, that's just really funny that you are that you would still be using that. I don't need anything else. No, I'm not, I'm not even saying that. I just find it hilarious that, like, you would have equipped that and been like, he's like, it's my good luck charm. I can't get rid of it. It's like, duh, oh, Gemma, you're with me this whole time. <laughs> Oh, I see, love you so much. And then see, it's like you meet Jade and it's like, oh, see, that's this is why awkward. That's why she thinks you're really into her because you're still wearing her stuff. I got to throw that thing out, man. Was there anything that Jade gave me that I can put on? <laughs> Let me just. OK, Jade had a garter she was using for the longest time. Let me just equip that. <laughs> Everything else in this game has been super creepy. You might as well just add like weird oh jade you know wore oh, this on her ankle let me <laughs> oh, put no. it on my bracelet this whole time like now oh, the luminaries no. is super creep well apparently it runs in the family with rab so <laughs> i mean we don't know i don't know what his dad was like but maybe he was a creeper too well when you at first had said yeah, I don't really think you're going to like the mechanics in, th- in in Act 3. I was like, oh, good. Is this going to turn into, like, a Jade dating simulator or something? Like, how oh, could yeah, it I get was thinking, any like, worse? And I was sitting there thinking, like, he's going to be so mad when he loses, like, 30 levels. But 
It, it does not. It doesn't matter. I could, if I wanted to, I could have immediately gotten all of those levels back in like a half hour. But it's good that you didn't, since you get them back anyway as part of the plot. But. Yeah. Yeah, the question is, does that experience carry over, though? Like, if I think I had it does, because I'm that, pretty sure that a couple of my people actually came back at a higher level than they were. I don't remember for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure a couple of the characters actually leveled up. I could have come time. back and been like, surprise, 99, except for Veronica, because you were dead. Well, yeah, but even then, she comes back at, like, the same level as Serena, I think, like, when you rewind. Which, how does that work? Because does is Serena and Veronica just the same? I mean, I guess kind of because she ha- like that. That's the one thing that's different about it. Because ev- once you get everybody's powers back, that's coming up here very shortly. It everybody gets like their big expanded skill tree and stuff too, with the exception of Serena and Veronica, because they have bigger trees, but they have different ones again. Because J- Veronica, or I mean Serena, no longer has both of them. She just has a bigger version of what she used to have, and so does Veronica. So, unfortunately, Serena went from like my favorite character with the massive super double spells and stuff to kind of not super useful again. <laughs> like I said, man, magic just gets dumped on. I, I like Veronica. I use Veronica all the time, but like Serena, I'm like, I I don't know what to do with you. Because Veronica still has the double cast. Well, maybe I'll have to bust out Veronica again now that I have her levels. And back. she has Kaboomal now, which is the fourth level of the hit everything. And oh my god, it does like it does a lot of damage, especially if she double casts it. What do you constitute as a lot of damage? Now that's a lot of damage. Like six or seven hundred to everybody. A hit? Yeah, it's a spell, so it's like six or seven hundred damage to the whole enemy group uh, that group every enemy 600 damage for one spell yes it's the highest level kaboom spell it's huge how much mana does it take like 30 i think and sometimes she double casts it so then just like over a thousand well maybe i'm gonna have to use that now that was one that i specifically had to unlock in her skill tree she didn't learn it naturally but i'm very glad i did oh don't worry i don't think that's gonna be a problem for me no, I don't think it is either. I I, I have like things that I've de- I definitely w- shouldn't have had yet, like critical claim and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, like well, and the other thing is when you get all the skills back, you get to respend all the points with these adjusted trees. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna build the character. I like I, I had never really gone back and reset a bunch of stuff. I'm like <sighs> now's my opportunity. <laughs> I have great. to rebuild. Okay. This is like the eighth time I've had to rebuild all of my characters. Just leave it alone. Dude, this game just loves to be like, total reset, total reset, total reset. It's just like, they're constantly throwing total resets at you. I don't know if you noticed, like, I don't know if you continued past that, though, but the Luminary gets a whole bunch of brand new skills that I didn't even have to buy, but he has, like, a bunch of elemental damage to everyone attacks now. Of every element that exists. Well, yeah, because you had the the super old guy who's basically just the old dude on Namek from, yes. the, from the Frieza saga who unlocks potential. Yeah. So I guess let's get through the rest of it to get to that. There's not a ton that happens after this. So you, you, you defeat Mortigan. He makes a comment about, oh, well, you're not the only one who, uh, like, he figures out that you've gone back in time or whatever. And it's like, you're not the only one who's done that sort of thing and then he just kind of like dies and 
the king's back to normal. And, well, I, and then I, he's I, like, you're in for a surprise. Yeah. So uh, my question is, Andrew, is Mordekin actually Mordekint? Maybe. I don't know. I That's an interesting thing you propose. And from what I can tell, the answer is maybe. Because Mordekin, it very clearly has like... He has the same sort of wizard powers that because Mordekin... Mordekent was the wizard. I'm so. wondering if he was affected by evil, and he knew to destroy the lamp thing. Yeah, because we're about to get to that. I, I will say, I feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like this time around, when the king apologizes immediately after Mordekin, that he did a way better job. Bro, it's so much better. Either that or he's just lying because he, he immediately goes, dude, I, it was like everything is black. The very last thing I remember is. But I, I felt like I had to bring that up because how much I remember, you know, how much you didn't like the, the apology the first time. I feel like the one this time around was massively better. It's so much better. I mean, all he says is the last thing I remember is the party, but we have to protect the luminary. You're so important. I don't know what's going on, but like, this is a big deal. Finally, like it is about time. Like, are you kidding me? I just had to wait until act three for my actual apology. And that's why I just, I, I legitimately like it. It legitimately baffles me as to why someone would think act two is better. And I don't, I'm not trying to sit here and, and yeah, I mean, it sounds bad because it's probably like your opinion sucks or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I legitimately want to know why, because it, I just, I don't understand I why anyone least, would come to that conclusion. I know at least one person that I've seen talk about it said it was because act three makes everything trivial because of all the power ups and stuff that the characters get. So there's like no, like the game is like, easy mode, which is interesting because I've also seen other people say that Act 3 is the only time the game gets challenging, so. But that's not, that. I, I that's gameplay. That has not, yeah. I'm talking about the story. I just know that I've seen people who specifically have said that because they thought that, that like, the, the extra stuff was, I don't, I don't know. Well, that's, that, that is a completely different argument in my opinion. And, and, and I would say that is potentially a valid one if they just didn't have a, if they didn't find it challenging then i mean yeah i could totally understand that for me Although I, I don't want a challenge but i was gonna say i don't think the game has particularly been challenging at all anyway and dragon quest never really is so but i thought somebody was talking about how they loved the story I and have, like it I, was I, so much better i mean somebody even on the discord not for them personally but they specifically said that that, that they've seen people who were talking about um the, the plot in act three was really bad compared to the first two so I know I've seen people who talk about the plot being bad in Act 3. That, I gotta know that. Is that when, oh, well, we haven't, I guess technically we haven't released our, our last episode. They're going to be real upset next week. Well, it wasn't anybody saying in there. It was just that they've seen people who say that. Oh. But to continue on, so now that we've got this, you know, legitimately good apology for the king, we get interrupted by a soldier who runs in because something's happening to the moon again. Yeah, well, there's something weird going down, and it's like, hey, go to the balcony. Can you not just teleport me to the balcony? I have to walk. You walk. You there's like one person to talk to, and it's Gemma, and she's like, oh, dude, go to the balcony. Everyone ran out of here. Well, no, you know what? You can talk to the dog as well, and you 
No, that's you talk to the dog when you run. That that is one thing I wanted to bring up. You could talk to like when the king runs into that room. Everyone's like, "Oh, bro, the king ran in there. Like, what's going on?" And then you walk over to the dog, and the dog's like, "Woof, woof." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah barking at the throat." And he's like, "You know what's up? Uh, you get him, buddy." <laughs> Who's of a course good the boy. dog's cool. Yeah, exactly. But so you run to the balcony, and just like in Act Two, the moon is falling again. But no one's there to magically stop it this time because Mordigan's defeated. And that thing shows up and it's like, now that Mordigan is gone, nothing can stop me. And he's like, I think he said, did he say his name? It was Kalasmos. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember if he said it or if you wait until you talk to the watchers, but he's like, Kalasmos. And he turns into this gigantic mountain creature. Like the, the moon becomes the, a monster. Like, it merges with it, and yet, like, the moon explodes, and there's this gigantic monster thing inside. And it's like, oh, um, hey, guys, maybe there's a reason he killed that. We probably should have yeah. did that right away. Well, so... I guess uh, the prince was right that he did actually save the kingdom in that instance, because, uh-oh. Oh, screw you. I hate that prince. <laughs> I'm Ooh, just saying, I mean, like... The mega super you, ultimate but... evil guy was actually good because he and just I... didn't want to have to fight that thing. I don't know that it would say he's actually good, but it, the prince was definitely correct that this one time he did actually help. Whatever. Um, Technically, you are... On a technicality, you are correct. But so, yeah, so, so now we've established that Mordigan, despite being clearly a terrible person who, you know, brought about the apocalypse or whatever, also protected the world from another problem. Yeah. So Presumably now that's the, like, ultimate evil problem, because when you go talk to the Watchers, you find out this is what they were actually fighting. Yeah, not Mordigan. Which leads me to believe that Mordekent may yeah. have somehow become evil yeah, in the I, process of fighting this thing. That's exactly what I was wondering, too, when we had this conversation. It's like, did somebody from the original party get corrupted or something? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so, and I think that's going to be a lot of what we find out in Act 3. I, like, I have a feeling that's what Act 3 is going to be about, is like the true story of what happened with the original Luminary. Apparently, he wasn't all that cracked up to be that he was. <laughs> and so, when yeah, you go talk to the Watchers, which there's more than just the one now because Mordigan didn't destroy their floating island. So there's a whole thing with a shop that has ridiculously good gear compared to what I was using, which was awesome. I did not check the shop yet. Yeah, I would, I would recommend it because like everything they had for sale was an upgrade for me. The very last you, thing but... I did was get my powers and then go to Emerald Coast, which now I have to go back there to the shop. That was the very I mean, last thing that I did. I think you can just zoom there, I'm pretty sure. but You couldn't zoom until you got your powers back. Well, no, I know, but I mean now you could just zoom there. Yeah. Because you get all your zoom locations back when you get your powers back. Yeah, so you go talk to the Watchers, they tell you about this backstory, and we got to go find more Yggdrasil sea saplings on the ground and learn the truth about how to defeat Kalasmos that the Luminar the original Luminarian company did, which obviously they didn't defeat it. They just imprisoned it, clearly. Yeah, they didn't even do their job. Like, are you kidding me? You guys did a bad job. 
Yeah. Now we're going to have to do it instead. Yeah, it's like, oh, we didn't even we didn't even defeat it. We just put it in a prison thing. Did wait, did you look at the saplings? The saplings in there don't tell you anything. You have to go find other ones. Okay, okay. If you try to look at them, it just says, this doesn't have the information, and it highlights places on the world map you need to go. Oh, okay. And that's the next major ob- objective, but after this, the it's like a wide open in terms of, like, there's no go here next, and, like, I think Act 3 is very short if you just do the regular stuff, but, like, it, pretty much every location has something going on that you can help with, or bonus stuff to get more powerful and stuff. <laughs> more powerful. Yeah, don't worry. Well, I'm already like, going to be I mean, as powerful as I can be. Well, no, I say that, but, but like the side quests that it showed up in Act 3, like half of them are specifically like get a stat boost, get get a skill, make a skill better and stuff. Like it's just straight up. It's not here's an item. It's just straight up. You will become stronger for this side quest. Well, that is nice because I actually didn't do any of the side quests from Act 2 because I was so done. The only ones I did were the ones that gave me uh, materials or not materials. The recipe books. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the only ones that I did. Everything else I just skipped. Like the two quests that you get from. um, And it finally actually spells out. Do you remember all those books that we've been finding that were like, oh, the luminary feels like he's not ready for this. Those are related to those side quests that make you stronger because that's what it is. Is Oh, hey, there's these books around the world. If you go read them, you'll get a power up. That's one of the oh, side quests. Oh, but now unlocks. that you've unlocked your potential. You can understand them now. Yes. Exactly. Oh, man. But like there's one is oh, read these four books and Hendrik will get an upgrade. And oh, Serena will get an upgrade if you do this quest and stuff. And they're like, this watcher's been alive since the beginning of time. Waking up makes him tired. Walking makes him tired. Let's walk him out of here. And then they pick him up and like, <laughs> leave. I'm like, what? What doesn't sleeping makes him tired? <laughs> well, that's why he almost never wakes up. <laughs> but yeah, so that honestly, like this little opening section of Act Three is only a couple hours of gameplay, but a lot happens in here. But now I think it's going to be like a lot less plot and a lot of, like main plot, and most of the remaining content before we go fight Kalasmos is going to be side content. I, that's just my guess. But we'll see what happens. And I'm even even if not, I think there's probably going to be interesting things to talk about in some of the side content anyway. But I I don't know how many more episodes we're going to get unless Act 3 winds up being a whole lot more story than I think it is. Oh, so you think we're going to be done next episode? No, not next episode, but I think it's probably only going to be like two or three more, if I had to guess. Interesting. Watch me be completely wrong, and it's like 12 more episodes. I honestly have no idea. That's just my gut. But... Now that we've got our new objective, we got our power-ups, the whole team is back together, and we can be super awesome and achieve new levels of power. We're, we're going to have to because we have to fight a mountain creature now Yeah, that even the legendary people of old could not defeat. I know, right? Oh, and the other important thing, we finally get that last key. <laughs> Wait, where do you get the key from? One of the treasure chests in the area where you meet the old Watcher guy just has the last key in it. The ultimate key. Okay, I need to make sure I pick that up then, because yeah, there's a bunch of treasure chests just randomly around the area, and make yeah, one of them just is here's the ultimate key. You can get in all the other locked doors that you couldn't get to before, and they're all like here's recipe books and like seeds and stuff. It's super awesome. Well, one of them was like here's the demon recipe, and I'm like, what are you watchers doing up here? <laughs> I only saw two chests. I guess I better have. To, I, I guess I have to go back up there and investigate. Yeah, no. 
there's there's a chest that has the ultimate key. Um, I've gone to a couple different places. Like I went back to Heliodor Castle and unlocked those areas. And it's like, here's a recipe book for like super ultimate gear. And also here's a couple of seeds from another chest and stuff. I'm like, thank you. This is amazing. Seeds are nothing to me. I am always happy to get seeds. I mean, seeds are great, but I get them as if they were candy. So seeds are nothing to me. Okay. That and I have like super really good gear anyway because of all of the leveling that I've done. There's as a part of leveling, it not only there's a skill that guarantees you get like the best possible loot out of a certain fight. And not only that, but it also random multiplier to how much experience you get. And so just by default, I have like so much good gear but the last thing i'll say about the changes for act three i mean i would expect that most of the stuff that's suddenly available in act three is probably going to be better than what you could get in act two but you'll probably blow to the top of act three stuff very quickly too but the monsters changed again they have green eyes now and they're called malicious instead of vicious man (laughs) okay let's go (laughs) talking about um you know the low budget feeling because it was the same monsters, but they have red eyes. It's the same monsters again, but they have green eyes now. And they didn't even change. Like they went malicious. from vicious to malicious. So like they just added a couple of letters. <laughs> I, yeah. They, they added a syllable and they're stronger now. Like I come on, but like I go, even going back to like the very early stuff, like that mountain and cobblestone, you get into a random encounter. And it's like 6,000 experience from one monster. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, well, can't I can't wait to run into slimes and stuff. <laughs> I mean, if he, we already know. I mean, Andrew has sent me a guide that I can follow, but you already know where I'm going first. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the main reason I sent the guide is because since it's open ended now, I want to make sure we go to the areas in the same order so that we have we know what to talk about. But except there's only yeah. one area I'm going to go right off. The right, bat. exactly. You're gonna, and the guide even says. Uh, if you go to like follow the leveling strategy that it has, once you've hit Act Three, you can get to level ninety nine in like three hours. So I'm like, I know exactly what Chris is going to do for the next three hours. Three hours? That's that. Okay, it is not going to take me that long. I'm only thirty levels away. Uh, but on that note, that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter or on our email or VR Discord, and of course, the links will be in the episode description. I am. Um the best luminary.